one. Oh yeah, we're on. It is Tuesday, <laughs> ladies and gents, and we're here to talk to Julia. We're gonna have some fun today because I got some questions. You got a topic that's near and dear to my heart now in uh, in our own life. Mm-hmm. So let's get on with the show, James. Hit it. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros! <laughs> All right, we dude. Go. It is time for some fire. Fire. Oh. It's all right. Well, gentlemen, here you go. If you want to get a sense of the heart of this show, you're definitely going to want to tune in today. Our guest today is a San Diego native, and her story is all about heart. On a professional level, our guest is part of a network that helps small and medium-sized businesses protect themselves and their employees through insurance and employee benefits. She is a true professional at offering risk management solutions with the Marsh and McLennan Agency, so if you're planning to scale and grow, you definitely want to talk to her. On a personal level, her blog, Beyond the Waves, is sure to tug at your heartstrings as she highlights life with her twin brother, Michael, whose genuine kindness radiates through every facet of his life and has shaped her own as together they journey through his life with Down syndrome. Ladies and gentlemen, we're delighted to bring an author, NCAA swimmer, risk manager, and an amazing sister joining us from the Martian McLean Agency. Welcome to the show, Julia Taronza. Julia, welcome to the program. Hello, happy Tuesday. Thank you for having me. How you like that intro? James kind of rocks it at that stuff. Oh, he's amazing. That's why that's why I give him the fire background. I'm like, all right, dude, time to drop the fire. Drop it like it's hot. No, Julia, I don't know. So, I just, that was corny. So uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Well, it was it was worth the shot, though. It was worth the shot. So uh, I want to get to know you, uh, especially your story. Your story is a very uh, I mean unique you're a twin a right fraternal twin uh and then all things considered when you think of twin you think of things very much the same and you guys are not can you tell me what it's like uh you know just so everybody kind of gets to know your story of course yeah thank you for that hernan so i always love to tell everyone my twin brother may not speak to me in words but he communicates through love better than anyone else that i know my twin brother michael has down syndrome and he's the brightest light in my life. And just like you mentioned, we're so incredibly different. Not just the fact that male, female, but he doesn't speak at all. We have very different personalities. I'm incredibly independent. He is very in de- he's very dependent on someone else rather. And it's been an amazing journey growing up with him ever since. And I've just loved to share our story. What was it like growing up with him? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, you know, as as frank and honest as I can. Um, whenever you see somebody who's different, plain and simple, it doesn't matter whether it's a physical disfigurement, whether it's somebody with Down syndrome, somebody who's different, eyes get pointed in that direction. We all look and we all have that question of what happened, what's going on. What was it like growing up and having that kind of attention come your way? Definitely. And I mean, I'm guilty of that as well. I think so many of us are, we have all these judgments. I mean, sometimes we're not even aware of that. 
And with Michael, I think in particular, I was so used to that in a sense. Like I always, I always encourage people if they see us or they're watching us to come up to us and ask us, hey, how's it going to introduce themselves? And I think it's fine. You know, it doesn't, to me, it's not really offensive if people stare and I'm completely used to it at this point. I love when people come up to me and ask, hey, like what's going on? Or if they ask about Michael, I think that's so important because it's all about education, all about understanding that, yes, we're all so different, yet we're also alike in so many other ways. Mm -hmm. And it's also taught me to learn to not care about what other people think. I can't tell you, especially when we go to places like Costco or in the grocery store and we get in other people's ways, it happens. And it's kind of taught me to be unfazed by other people whenever things go wrong. It's fine. You know what? We just handle it. We keep going, have a smile on our face and just keep moving along. What does Michael think about stuff like that? You know, it, it's one thing for us who are not actually the person with Down syndrome to have an opinion of people with Down syndrome, but you actually get to kind of communicate and feel and experience what he's experiencing on a whole different level. A, you, you guys were born at the same time, right? So you grew up together. Uh, and B, it's almost like, you know, you have a connection that other people don't have. When he has something that you experience in life, something where people looked at him funny, people said something weird, even though he might not comprehend, those emotions, I think, are transferable. People feel things even if they don't understand things. What's it like for you uh, if you can help us understand what he's feeling? Does he feel all those different emotions? Does he feel when he gets that rejection? How, how can we as outsiders kind of help that situation? Yeah, that's a good question. I love that. And I think for the most part, you know, I don't really know what to say. I haven't actually had any crazy negative experiences with him. Like I mentioned, there's been a couple of times we've been at Costco and someone's made a comment or said something or looked at him. And I think my brother kind of just, he looks annoyed in the moment and we just kind of move along. But I couldn't tell you for sure exactly how he's feeling or how he's reacting. But what I do like to tell, still have to say about Michael is that he's very unconditionally loving. So he doesn't really care about who comes up to him, what they look like, what clothes they're wearing, what their beliefs are, all those kind of things. He mainly reciprocates kind of the energy or the way that he's being treated. So if someone's making crazy comments in front of him, he's going to be very annoyed. He'll be really frustrated. He typically grunts when he's upset. If it gets really bad, he'll hit himself. So especially if there's little kids screaming in front of him, that's usually the way he'll react. But otherwise, if people are just staring, they're not saying anything, they're not doing anything rude for the most part, he's still smiling along. And if someone comes up to him and says hello, or just acts really kind to him, he'll always reciprocate that kindness back. So I think he always, he reciprocates whatever he receives back to that person. When when we interact with people, we always um, use you know, multiple senses. You said he's very interactive when it comes to emotions. Um, how how do we approach you know I, I and you've been around more I'm, I'm assuming you know being as old as you are you guys have been around other events other people who have uh, similar family situations other people who have down syndrome in general in that uh, in that community how do people feel about others who don't know and want to ask questions and want to interact uh, is it you know I, I know personally it's it's kind of you know I have no way of relating to it other than 
being younger and maybe, you know, trying to find a, a date or something? Like, do you go up to a girl and say, hi, my name is, do you say, hey, beautiful? Do you say, you know, like, do you drop a corny line? I how, how is this, how do we approach this? Totally, that's a great question. I think it always depends on the situation. It depends on the person. When I'm with Michael in public, I always love and I always encourage people to come up and say hi. And my strategy, and what, what I use, what I always do if I'm encountering someone, I always just go up to them and say, hi, I'm Julia. Whether they're verbal, whether they're nonverbal, and let's say if they're nonverbal and they have someone who's with them, usually just saying, hi, I'm Julia. If that person can't respond back, usually the caretaker will step in and be like, oh, hi, like, nice to meet you. Sometimes people look confused and I'll just share, oh, my twin brother has Down syndrome. Like, I just, I love this community. And usually they'll immediately say, oh my gosh, that's such a relief. And even if you don't have that connection, even just saying, hi, I just want to introduce myself and say hello. For the most part, I think everyone would love that. And I think it's so important to know that people like Michael just love to be recognized just like you and I do. And even just saying hello, whether or not they can speak, that just means the world to that individual and to their caretaker or family members as well. I think that's huge. You know, when when uh, you have a situation where you find out that your next child is going to have Down syndrome or that, you know, you're going to be your whole life's about to change or the baby's born and, you know, you know, even though you love a child the way they are, you know, they're going to be different. It's going to be a struggle for life going forward. But you seem to have come out of this much more positive. I know I talk to a lot of people who are very pessimistic in life. Um, and even though this might be looked at at the beginning as something that is going to be a very difficult lifestyle, you seem to have come out this pretty positive. What's been your experience and how did you have that positivity? Definitely. So I think for the most part, and whenever I look back at myself, I don't even want to know the person I'd be had it not been for Michael. Growing up, I think the first couple of years I was super needy, always crying, always needed attention. And then I remember my mom would always tell me before bed when I was two, three, four years old, and she would tell me about Michael and say, you know, this is your brother. We love him. We get to love him and take care of him. He's a little different, but we get to love him. And I think because of that early on, it kind of taught me, okay, like this is my brother. Like I got to take care of him. And I loved, as I mentioned, I've become so much more independent and I loved having that responsibility. I loved growing up knowing that I get to help take care of Michael. And I almost kind of took on being that motherly role in a sense as well, especially if my mom was ever out of the country, my family lives in Poland. So if she was ever on vacation, I loved to be able to step in and be there for Michael. And I think the things that I've learned from Michael are things that I don't think I'd ever learn anywhere else, like patience, unconditionally loving others, not learning, not caring about what other people think about you. Those are things that I've been able to learn through Michael and just being able to be used to being around the special needs community. And I wonder, had I not had Michael in my life, would I still be able to approach them the same way that I do now? And I think the biggest thing I've learned from is your perspective. I think your perspective is incredibly powerful, just the way that you take on your own life and the way that you approach others. So I would say just maintaining that kind of perspective has been incredible throughout this process. Perspective is absolutely key. You said something that was subtle, but I, I want to emphasize, you said, I get to, I get to take care of him. I get to experience that love. I get to, that is a powerful way of thinking. You know, it, when it comes to entrepreneurship, 
entrepreneurism, uh, when it comes to family life, when it comes to pretty much anything, we don't really often hear people say, I get to. It's, you know, I hate it when this sucks, you know, all these other things. But changing that little wording around to I get to, it's a different perspective that gives you that positivity. So tell me why you got to go beyond the waves blog. Like, I want to know what that was, what, what that is. How do you, how were you inspired to do that? Yeah. So I started that blog after my freshman year of college, I went to UCSD and you know, you always meet people in school and everyone asks you about your family, where you grew up. And I'd start talking about Michael and they, I couldn't tell you how many people I talked to that were like, what's down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it was so surprising being at one of the top universities and people are still like, what's Down syndrome? And it kind of made me realize, you know, there isn't enough advocacy work being done. There isn't enough education, especially when we're in elementary school or in high school. There's not a lot of integration going on. And it made sense as to why there's still people that are wondering what the heck is Down syndrome. So after that experience freshman year, I decided, you know what? I have a voice. I have a powerful story. Why not start sharing that with others? And especially because there's other siblings who are just like me, who think that they're alone, who think they're isolated, and they're not. And so after that year, I ended up creating my blog and kind of shifting it over to Instagram and just sharing our stories in either our day-to-day, our experiences. We'd usually hang out on the weekends and just sharing what that looks. Sometimes even sharing about things that we dealt with growing up and just raising more awareness that way. And I think the name Beyond the Waves came from the fact that my brother loves the ocean. After my freshman year, I decided to go to school at UCSD because I wanted to stay close. San Diego is still a big community. There's still, you can go to school on the other side of town and still feel like you're away. And for Michael, that was a huge transition. And I can't even tell you the first few weeks when I was away, when we'd visit each other on weekends, he wouldn't even look at me sometimes. He was so upset and so sad that I was away from home. And one of the biggest things that we would do is just go to the ocean every weekend. It was right down the road. And we noticed he loved staring at the waves. And I think just the repetitive motion, the white noise from it just really calmed down, relaxed him. And just thinking about that process, I kind of put a metaphor in the fact that, you know, when you have someone, a loved one who has special needs, yes, times can be really challenging. You have your good days. You have your really really hard days. And I kind of thought about, you know, when I was swimming in the ocean, those waves when they're coming at you, they're terrible. Sometimes I'll be convinced that I'm drowning out there when I'm going on an ocean swim. When you look at it through that perspective from afar, you get to really see the beauty behind all the waves. And just putting that process together, that's where I kind of created the name for our blog as well. What? A beautiful analogy right there. I mean, you know, and we were talking with, uh, with my kids today about, about Down syndrome, about the different, you know, why, what makes them different? Why, why, um, you know, mentally where they're going to grow, what maybe limitations they're going to have. And my son, he kept, you know, he kept pointing out, yeah, they're beautiful. They're not different. They're, they're great people. They're just like you and me. And he's like, you know, I'm slow in the morning when I get up too. like, you know, there's all kinds of different things that he's pointing out. And he has such a beautiful perspective on, on what, uh, what it is. And it's much, uh, more of, of an amazing way to, to see it. If people like you are sharing those situations, you know, it, it's almost like, um, you know, when it, right now we're going through COVID, we go through a a bunch of lockdowns and people are stuck in their homes and their life has changed and they're not able to do a lot of things. 
but how are they coping with it, right? Each of us still has a life to live. And the fact that you're sharing it through your blog, through your Instagram and sharing what you're doing on a regular basis, you're, what you said was, was spot on. You're showing other people that they're not alone, that you are also getting by. What has, what, what types of stuff uh, do you see going in the future with the blog uh, and with your brother, for example, uh, as far as, you know, how, how, what do you guys think about who's going to take care of him? What's going to be the future? You're going to eventually, you know, going to want to get married and have kids and, you know, start your own life as well. Does that kind of stuff go into play? Do you talk about that on your blog as well? Yeah, definitely. So I think on my blog, I've been pivoting a lot. And I think, you know, as we grow older and we have more experiences, sometimes we shift what we want to do. And originally when I was blogging, it was kind of just sharing all things Down syndrome, our experiences. And I met a lot of another, a few other incredible people who are also running their own blogs. A lot of them were typically mothers. And so their perspectives are completely different from mine. And I got to be there from start to finish. I didn't, you know, it wasn't like my life changed in the middle of it. That was the way I was already born and what I already had to go through forward. And so I kind of pivoted a little bit. I kind of decided, you know what, why don't I share what I've learned from my brother? That's kind of a different perspective and just shows kind of things that I really value. I really love personal and professional development. And a lot of that I've learned through Michael. So that's where I'm kind of shifting right now as well, along with, looking at things like support groups for siblings. I've had a lot of people come up and ask me, especially parents, you know, how are my siblings going to interact with them? Like, how is this going to change the relationship? Are they going to hate their sibling? There's so many questions being asked. And, you know, maybe I have a more kind of positive spin on things, but there's other siblings out there who are having a difficult time, who maybe aren't getting their needs met because so much attention is being put on their sibling. So another thing I'm looking at is kind of creating some more support groups for siblings and an outlet where we get to share our perspectives and know that we're not alone. We all have a story. We all have our own relationships. And as far as the future, there's still a lot of things to look at. My parents just retired. And so they're trying to figure out, you know, what are they going to do with Michael? And in the future, I kind of see a couple different things. As you mentioned, I'm born and raised in San Diego. I don't see myself leaving. I don't think Michael would want to leave either. This is a beautiful, incredible city. And so I see myself either living you know, with my own family, having Michael in a group home, and we still get to visit and interact at least weekly. Or what I would really hope to have is maybe a larger house and maybe have a guest house where Michael can stay there. We can have a respite worker come in just to still maintain that closer kind of contact, but still have that space where we can still live our own lives separately as well. So there's still a lot of things out there, but what's great is that we have those options and we have opportunities going forward. Well, let's, uh, let's take a little break here, but I'm still curious to know about uh, some of the benefits uh, that are available to families that have children with Down syndrome. So we'll talk about that when we come back. When we come back, I like that. It seems like a real commercial break. <laughs> so here we go. Ham's insurance tip of the day. We're going to talk about uninsured motorist versus comp and collisions. Almost seems obvious, but this week we heard from a customer who is looking for a new insurance company because after a hit and run, his insurance company did not pay out. He was under the impression that even though he didn't carry comp and collision, 
his vehicle would be covered by uninsured motorist property damage or UPD. Unfortunately, this wasn't the case. The only way to make sure your vehicle is covered is if you carry comprehensive and collision insurance. If you own your vehicle free and clear, you may be tempted to forego that physical damage coverage, which is great, but don't count on UMPD to fill the gap. UMPD, that uninsured motorist for property damage, will pay if you can prove that the other driver did not have insurance, which in the case of a hit and run is just not possible. So if you're able to prove the other driver was uninsured, your company can pay up to $3,500 in damages to your vehicle. With comp and collision, your company will pay the full actual cash value minus your deductible, no matter who's at fault or whether or not they were uninsured. But if you carry a collision deductible waiver, you'll even be able to waive the deductible if you can show that the at-fault driver was uninsured or even underinsured. That does it for the tip of the day. If you have any questions uh, or need any advice, give Pipeline Insurance a call at 877-928-9994 and follow me on Twitter at InsuranceBroHam. All right, Julia. So, you know, um, when... When a child is born, they're gonna uh, with Down syndrome, um, they're gonna require more medical. They're gonna require more attention. They're gonna require a lot more care than everybody else. Um, and you know, being around that that industry, what can you tell me about some of those state benefits, some of those uh, federal benefits, some of the you know school programs that uh, that kids can take advantage of to help out in that situation? Yeah, definitely. So that's been something that my parents have really explored a lot growing up. And I think they weren't even aware of it either. And I think it wasn't until we were in high school that they really started to learn and take advantage of them. And I myself, honestly, I'm not even too crazy familiar with them either. And it wasn't until I think high school when we started to have a lot more meetings with the school that they started sharing what things were out there, especially a social security disability income and all these other concepts. There's so much information out there. And Growing up, I wasn't even aware of them. I think our parents were really confused and there's so much stuff out there that can be really difficult to understand. It can be really confusing and it's so important to get on top of that earlier on so you're not scrambling kind of towards the end, figuring out what's out there, what's available for me. And there's a couple of people that I've also interacted with on our blog that have done a really great job of kind of helping families plan out their lives, what they wanna do. There's another person I know, they started their own company called Enable SNP, which is Enable Special Needs Parenting. And what they have done is kind of help create a guideline and help parents figure out what are they going to do with their children? What happens if their parents go in a car accident? What kind of medications their child needs? So there's so much planning that goes into it as well. That's that's great information to know because I know there's there's a lot of parents who, uh, who just like you guys, get into this situation and they're so focused on the well-being of their child uh, and and taking care of them that they don't realize all the extra help that's out there uh, for you know different organizations. So beyond those, some of those financial things that we can look forward to, what are some of the coolest groups or funnest groups that you've been able to find for either Michael himself or siblings or parents? Uh, you mentioned a couple real quick, but some of the fun ones that you can remember growing up as a kid doing some fun stuff. Yeah, definitely. So I think growing up, there's some things like Special Olympics, Southern California. They were awesome. They hosted a lot of events when I was younger. And I think, I mean, they still do, of course, right now, but I remember being in junior high and middle school and they would have events where you just get to run on the track with the athletes or even help them in swim meets. There's so many events that are out there. Um, 
Let me see. Gigi's Playhouse is also another incredible organization. They're here in Pacific Beach in San Diego as well. And they host events for kids throughout the day. It can be stuff like sports. It can even be music therapy. So that's something I do with Michael. Um, try to think. Those are the main ones that we really did a lot. I think my parents, you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned before, but they're from Poland. And so as immigrants, I think it was a lot just to deal with being in a completely different environment, a different place. And then especially with Michael going on, there's so many things that were really out there. So I think for me, the one that really stands out is Special Olympics for sure. Well, it's clear that Michael has a great loving family around him. Uh, you know, you've had, you've, you're uh, such a beam of light, you know, that in, in something that could be so dark. And so, uh, you know, it, I can honestly say that from the bottom of my heart, you, you guys seem like you're very, very love and very uh, positive focused. And I want to make sure that I also give you some time here to talk about your act, the agency where you actually work at, you know, in your professional life. So tell me a little bit about what, what you do professionally uh, and, and how we can help promote that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Hernan. So I work at Marsha McLennan Agency and I work as an employee benefit specialist. If you had told me a couple years ago that I'd be working here, I would have laughed at you. I wouldn't have even believed it. Um, and something I really love about what I do is I get to connect with employers, whether it's in the HR space, maybe it's the chief financial officers, and just get to check on their employee benefits, see what packages we can create for them, see where we can reduce their costs, and kind of make it a more holistic approach and make sure that we're attending to all their employees' needs. As for any support, I think I'm good. Any sort of promotion that you could do would be incredible, but thank you. So you're in the you're in the uh, life and health phase uh, aspect of, of the business. So you're helping with uh, medical benefits and uh, life uh, benefits, that sort of stuff, group packages? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's pretty awesome. And and you guys, uh, what's, what's your, what's, what are you looking at as far as the companies that you go and talk to? Uh, are you looking for a certain revenue, a certain number of employees? What do you guys look for? We need to do small to mid-sized groups. So it can be from anything from two employees up to 5,000 employees. We don't really discriminate anyone that's out there. We can go help and service them. That's super awesome. I mean, it's, it's gotta be cool to be able to talk to a bunch of people every single day. How's it been since COVID hit? It's been so interesting. And I think, you know, going into this field, I was so excited to be face to face with people. I mentioned on my blog, I used to want to go to med school. I wanted to be a doctor or a nurse or, and I really want to just be able to connect and help people. And I realized I really valued connection. And so it's kind of interesting, you know, pivoting careers and finally being like, yes, I'm where exactly where I want to be. And then COVID happens and we were kind of turned into this more virtual reality where we're just kind of seeing people on Zoom meetings instead. So it's been really interesting. There's still so many virtual events online and you can still connect with people on Zoom, but it's different. It's not what anyone anticipated, but we're all making the best of it that we can. You should start a podcast. I'm just throwing it out there. I throw it out to every single person I talk to. There has never been a better prospecting tool that I've ever come across. I get to meet somebody new every single day, just like you, right? And we can take the conversation wherever we want to go, build that relationship, and then and then go from there. So just throwing it out there. All right. Uh, I want to have a little fun with you. So I've known you for 27 minutes now. I'm going to do two truths and a lie, okay? Ooh. So James and I have been competing. I'm pretty much kicking his butt when it comes to two truths and a lie. We'll see how it goes. So Julie, you're going to tell us three things. Two of them are true. One's going to be a lie. And then James and I are going to be Sherlock Holmes here and try to uh, 
deduce which one is the lie. Dang, this is interesting. Usually I do this game when I don't already share most of my life story. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Okay, let me come up with my lie first. Yeah, but don't tell us that one first because then we'll know. Okay. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. I can... Well then now we know well then now we know that the first one's gonna be a truth. No, you oh, don't. Dang. You have no idea. Okay. Let's see let the poker come face. Up with my second truth. You guys made it so interesting. I usually share that I'm a twin or I'm from another place. Um let's see. I can speak four languages. I had my wisdom teeth removed in Mexico. Or I competed for 18 years in the sport. Whew. All right, all right. James, you mentioned she was a swimmer. Yep. In her intro. Yep. Um, let's see. Speaking four languages. Does H well, HTML count as a language? <laughs> <laughs> you're from San Diego, so you know pretty much everybody speaks at least two two languages. At, at least, least when two, you go to right? a taco shop. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got to be able to order carne asada burrito for sure. Exactly. <laughs> uh, or California burrito because you're in San Diego, so you know the what that's about. Life. Everybody else who's yeah. listening, who's not in San Diego, you have no clue. California burritos, just saying. All right, uh, four languages uh 18 years competition i feel like you have such family support they'd come out and watch you compete for like ever <laughs> I, i'm gonna say that's a truth uh and it's probably in swimming because that's what james said at the beginning um I, i'm gonna go with the four languages is a toughie and i i we're so close to mexico getting your wisdom teeth pulled in mexico is way cheaper by the way just throwing <laughs> it out there than doing it here uh but and uh, yeah i'm gonna go with the four languages of the lie james what do you think um, I like I love your uh logic getting to that answer. You don't totally Sherlock Holmes that one, uh, but I just always have to go against you. So I'm gonna say uh that you do speak four languages, and getting your teeth pulled in Mexico is the lie. So Hernan was right. Of course um, he was. <laughs> yeah, I am, I'm trilingual, so it's close, but not close. fully there. But yeah, everyone. What are the you, What are the three languages? Polish, Spanish, and English. Oh, nice. so she can order herself that California burrito. Right? California burrito, por favor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so uh, it was swimming for 18 years. Swim is awesome. that crazy? That is nuts. Do you still like? Uh, do you still swim like competitively yeah. or just for fun? After I was done, I think I've jumped in the pool maybe five times since then. If I ever go on a swim, it's an ocean swim. It's more fun. There's more things to look at. But in a pool, no way. Do you have a, Do you have a fear of what lives in the ocean, or you just like go in not even thinking about it? I think everyone has a little bit of a fear and I went for a swim back in April when the red tide was in San Diego. Mm. And I will tell you that was probably the scariest ocean swim I've ever mm. done. The water was completely red. It looked like you were swimming in like a bloody beer. It was really foamy. Oh. It was red. You couldn't see past two inches underwater, which oh. is terrifying. You normally can see a few yards underneath you, but this time was wild. 
But you're and brave because if I would have seen that, I wouldn't have even put my toes in the water, <laughs> much less gotten in for a swim. I like that... to think that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So trilingual, uh, you swam for 18 years. Wisdom teeth pulled in Mexico? Yep. We what? ended up just like you mentioned, you know, it was a lot cheaper. And I think my dad's insurance at the time paid nothing. Mm. And he was kind of like, yo, let's just go down there. And it actually was really nice, super easy. We went down to Ensenada and the doctor's office we went to is incredible. I didn't get put on laughing gas or any of the other kind of crazy things. And so I was able to go back in school, be fully present for everything, which was awesome. I know it was kind of scary and sketchy to hear about beforehand, but Wait, wait, you didn't, they didn't knock you out or nothing? They did, but they just didn't use, they just oh, really? put me out underneath. Yeah, but they didn't use laughing gas. I was oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't do that. Didn't do that. You weren't groggy when you woke up? I was a little tired. I remember waking up being like, huh, what, what's going on? But I mean, I, that same day I was good. That was when Snapchat came out. So Snapchat on my friends, <laughs> like blown up face. <laughs> nice. Chipmunk, chipmunk smile. Well, oh, Julia. Yes. Julia, thank you very much for coming on the program. Uh, I asked you some uh, direct questions, and I really appreciate the honesty because I know there's a lot of people out there who have questions. Uh, we have new Down syndrome uh, child in our uh, n- well, not immediate family, but very close family. Um, so I, you know, for me coming into this, I'm like, I'm just going to ask the questions because I want to know the answers, and hopefully, you know, I get I get some response. And and you know, it's summarizing what what I got out of it was. If you have a question, just ask, right? Go and introduce yourself and say hello. Uh, and for those of you who are in a similar situation or you just want to know more about what it's like, follow Julia here at Beyond the Waves blog. Um, if you find her on Instagram and you can find the website, beyondthewavesblog.com. Um, and just pay attention to people's stories. I, I always feel like the best way for us to communicate with each other is through stories. That's why we have, you know, that's why Snapchat has a story feature. That's why Instagram has a story feature. That's why people follow, uh, you know, whoever you're following on TikTok or Facebook, it's the continuation of stories that are intriguing to us. And that's how we learn. So thank you very much for not only coming on our show, but sharing with everybody else what it is that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. You both are awesome. I love the energy. This is amazing. And thank you for just allowing me to share my story on another platform. Of course, of course. And hopefully, uh, I, I don't know how many podcasts you've been on, but what's been your experience like compared to, to everybody else's? I want to—I always ask that because I want, I'm ready to hear some sort of criticism or critique or how we can make it better, um, you know, branding, video clips, anything like that. I think you guys are awesome. This is super fun. I think this has been really interactive. I haven't done a podcast. I've done, we did like a news feature with Fox before. We did a kind of a more of like an in-person documentary. So that was all way more formal. So I love that you guys kept it light. The videos are super fun. I think this is awesome. Thank you very much. Well, we had fun. We had fun getting to know you. Uh, and again, ladies and gents, if you guys can uh, check out Julia's stuff, uh, James, throw it out there one more time just so we can have it. And, uh, again, I'm, I'm super impressed with, with the positivity that you and your family have. And I hope that other people can, you know, grasp that and, and, and turn it around and, and be the same type of positive person. So at beyond the waves blog.com at, be, at beyond the waves blog on Instagram, Julia, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your week, guys. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? 
Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.